Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Thank God it's Friday. My God, I thought it'd never get here. And it's Labor Day weekend, and and uh, I'm gonna go into labor. This week has been nuts. Oh my God! <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm gonna, boy, a girl with third, third gender. I think it's gonna be quadruplets. I'm <laughs> telling you, this week has been a wild one. Uh, in the studio yesterday, we had two governors in the studio yesterday. Governor. Uh, uh, Patterson and Governor Pataki and Governor Pataki made a lot of news. It's made a lot of news in the New York Post and, and today we have two former chairmen and current chairmen. Well, besides being Governor, uh, Governor Patterson, you were chairman of the New York State, uh, Democratic Committee and you got and, a former chairman, a former chairman and a and, chairman and a, and chairman. a former chairman. And there are only two of us. <laughs> <laughs> so we have two chairmen. Democratic and Republican. And for, for good, we have, who do we have? They're coming to take him away. Oh, away. yeah, where is that? They're coming to take me away. Ha-ha, they're coming to take me away. We have Curtis Sliwa. And Curtis, I understand that we got to come Cape up with a Cod's song. Cape Cod's now the on the list. The migrants are headed oh. to Cape Cod. Uh, can the Boston people could take that? Well, well, what what happened last time with Martha's Vineyard? Remember, it lasted what five minutes? Yeah. Well, since <laughs> since then, the governor's declared a state of emergency. Has called out the National Guard. They have six thousand illegal aliens. And you are correct. Back in the, the it was December of 2020, 2022, uh, and DeSantis twenty twenty three. Excuse me. DeSantis sent in uh, approximately forty eight private Learjets. They got off in Martha's Vineyard. Remember, the residents there said it was the greatest moment of their life. There was Larry David with cookies and milk. And then he basically said, at sundown, get the hell out of here. Get on the coach buses and head over to Rhode Island. Well, they ended up taking them to the military base at Cape Cod. So now we see that as soon as Labor Day weekend is over, they have a number of the hotels that normally would be packed on Labor Day. And then immediately empty after Labor Day, they have been subcontracted by the state of Massachusetts to house the illegals. And so that's why there are demonstrations, because people in Cape Cod are saying, like everywhere else, we have our own homeless people. We can't even get them into these hotels. Why will they have to sleep in the streets? And people we don't even know who haven't been vetted, haven't been vaccinated, we have no background checks. You're going to put them into these hotels? Yeah, and, and but, uh, I, I'm wondering whether our little kid's going to go, Hey, Daddy, um, this guy with an MS-13 tattoo says he wants to play uh, tiddlywinks with me. I mean, that it's a formula for disaster well, to put them in. Massachusetts love being a sanctuary state, all this city sanctuary. But then when it comes to giving them sanctuary, well, as Larry David said, I don't know if we want to go that far. Let's but go Curtis, to uh, Curtis, Governor Patterson. Since it's only four days to when the hotels would become vacant anyway, why would they do it before the weekend started? Why don't they just wait the four days? Because they recognize that's how you get the most attention. The place is going to be packed. And let's face it, after this weekend, all the trendoids, all the freakazoids, all the jet setters, they fly out. And basically it just goes back to normal life in Cape Cod, Plymouth, and then naturally Martha's Vineyard. So uh, they're doing the right thing. Well, we- I, uh, we, today is a very special day. 
is Alan Dershowitz's birthday, and we're gonna, all going to sing happy birthday to him. And we, since he knows Cape Cod very well, we want to know if the, the migrants are coming, the migrants are coming, how he feels about it. Alan Dershowitz, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to By the way, that person at the end with that great note, that was Governor David Patterson, who's got a whole other career going on. Alan Dershowitz, <laughs> happy Thank birthday. You. Thank you. You know, uh, Piscopo this morning sang to me, when I was 85, it was a very good year. It was a very good year for a 72-year-old woman named Carolyn, who treats me so well. So I'm happy to be 85, and I'm happy with my wonderful wife, and I'm happy with my friends, the few that remain, especially you guys. So thank <laughs> you for the birthday. Thank By the way, the I didn't know you were 85. You are like you are like, like a 55-year-old. You're amazing. I didn't amazing. know he had such a great voice either. Did you hear him singing? Oh, no, oh I, I <laughs> yeah. could only hear Governor Patterson. I'm sorry. <laughs> I what they could do. Well, you know, it's, it's my daughter's wedding coming up on Monday, and I get to sing the song, so I've been rehearsing. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. We it's didn't know you were so You got so much talent. Busy weekend. Yeah. Yeah, I was a choir boy when I was a kid. Oh Ooh. my good! Oh wow! Look at now we know why you're such a good guy, such a good uh, student, and so observant. My, I was a terrible student as a kid, but I was a choir boy, and my grandfathers were both cantors, so they sang in the synagogue, and so you know I was blessed with a fairly decent voice, not like my grandfather's, but uh, but I was a terrible student. I finished. I went to yeshiva. There were 49 students in my class. And I finished 41st out of 49. There were eight people behind, lower, worse than me. But I was uh, at the bottom of my class. And then I went to Brooklyn College, and I was first in my class. So wow. must, be some, must be something about the rabbis I didn't like particularly in, this, in, my, in my high school and my yeshiva. Well, uh, uh, Professor Alan Dershowitz, uh, what, are your, what are your thoughts from legal challenges um, as we're talking about Cape Cod? Because it looks oh, like yeah. the migrants are clearly there. Well, I can tell you what's going on now. There are some Republicans who are saying, look, they want to get rid of Trump under the provision of the 14th Amendment that says you commit sedition, rebellion, anything like that. There are those who are saying that sanctuary, sanctuary cities come within that. They, after all, are cities that say we are going to violate federal law. We're going to revolt against federal law. We're going to disagree with federal law. Uh, why is that not uh, come under the 14th Amendment? I don't think it does. But for those who think that the January 6th demonstrations came under the 14th Amendment to prevent Trump from running for office, it seems to me sanctuary cities and the violence that occurred after the terrible killing of, of George Floyd, those were also qualified. That's why it's, 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 a, it's a Pandora's box to start opening that when you say that we deprive president trump of the ability to run i want to vote against them again i voted against them twice i have a right to vote him against them again and you have a right to vote for him but there's a real issue about whether or not cities have the right to disobey federal law well that's a big issue yeah I mean, that's a huge issue do you think it'll be decided in the near future you think we're the american people are going to continue to be jerked around well, we know already there was a federal court today decided in um, 
Palm Beach, Florida, that the, the uh, a citizen didn't have standing to try to keep him off the ballot. Another court in Arizona decided that the secretary of state. So we're seeing these cases being litigated and they may very well get up to the Supreme Court. So how, how about court made law? We have a, a unique, New York City is unique. We've got a right to shelter that was done by consent decree about 40 years ago. And that's yeah. court made law by agreement of the government and a private party. What do you do with that? Well, what you do is you ask how it operates under the Supremacy Clause. If there are congressional rules signed by the president, laws of the United States, they're supreme. They're supreme over even court decrees, certainly certainly supreme over state or city legislation. And so, you know, if Congress enacts laws involving immigration, cities can't uh, overrule that. That's what they tried to do in the South. In the 1950s, after desegregation, they said, oh, well, we're going to pass city council laws uh, that you can't integrate schools. But those laws can't be upheld. Of That's course. a very apt comparison, Alan. I mean, I think that really drives the point home very strongly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to go back and celebrate my birthday. I want to know how you're <laughs> celebrating your birthday and when we, uh-huh. when are we going to get to celebrate with you? Well, you know, I'm in New York now, back in New York, so invite me in the studio, and I'll be happy to sing with you. I look forward to it. (laughs) Yeah, I want to hear more of that singing, too. That was good. Happy birthday, Professor. We love you. Professor. Thank you. By the way, you know who else's birthday is today? Eric Adams. Yeah, Mayor Eric Mayor Adams. Eric Adams. Happy birthday, birthday today. Today. Oh, Mr. Mayor. And uh, I'm, I can't get Curtis to sing happy birthday today. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Maybe uh, we should have the illegal aliens sing happy birthday to him because he wouldn't be here in our city without him. No. Well, thank you, Professor, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. All right. Thank you, Professor. And by the way, as we're talking about uh, immigration, now joining us is the former director of Immigration Customs Enforcement, uh, Tom Homan. Tom, this is an amazing comment. We're talking about the legal aspects uh, with Professor Dershowitz. Curtis was talking about what's, of course, going on in New York and Cape Cod. Did you see this statement, Tom Homan? Just a few hours ago, President Biden actually said, uh, and this was repeated, by the way, this was by Corinne Jean-Pierre, his press secretary, said, this president has done more to secure the border and to deal with the issue of immigration than anybody else. Uh, that That is a remarkable statement from the secretary, press secretary of the White House about this president. Well, this administration is not ashamed. I mean, they've been lying from day one about the border. And, yeah, I actually saw that. I was, I was sitting there watching the news and I was watching Fox and she said, I'm just, you know, I want to throw something through the TV because there's nothing further from the truth. Now, she would have said he did more than any other president to unsecure the border. That'd be a true statement because he's the first president in history of this country who came into office and unsecured the most secure border we ever had. That'd be the truth. Yeah, that is for sure. And also, as we are looking at a whole bunch of stuff, some of these numbers are up too. Did you see this, Tom? There was this, it's, it's exponentially, it's, it's over a hundred percent Chinese migrants coming across the border, Russian migrants, some new numbers today that are really concerning. Um, you've been there on the border so many Could times. Could there be Chinese soldiers? Absolutely. Because you look at the age, most of them are young, uh, military age males. That's just scared to hell of everybody. The same with Central American countries. In in our history books, is that what we used to call the fifth column? I don't know about that, but I can just I can say there's a lot of military age males coming from countries that doesn't don't like us. 
They're, they're coming from North Korea. They're coming from Turkey. They're coming from they're coming from Russia. They're coming from China. I mean, there, there are a lot of these countries who are not our friends. A lot of a lot of military age males are coming too. And I was like, coincidence? I don't think so. I just I just I'm not I'm not going to buy it. I've been doing this for 35 years. I've never seen anything like this right now. And look, a lot of these guys are coming across wearing camel. And you got to ask yourself a question. Why do they not want to turn themselves in to get a free ride to New York and get lodging and food and medical expenses? Why are they going to pay more to get away? Because they don't want to be vetted. They don't want to be fingerprinted. That's just scared the hell out of everybody. Yeah. And you know what, John? Also, Mark Morgan, uh, and you know him super well, former head of Customs and Border Protection. He was telling me the other day, under President Biden, in the 30 months, 1.8 million of the people that we have zero idea about, and then close to 8 million others. So do the math. I mean, we're talking 9, 10 million. That is really scary, Tom. It absolutely is. And the scariest part is 1.8 million. So we don't know who they are. All we know is Border Patrol has arrested people from 171 different countries. Some of these countries are sponsoring your terror. They've already arrested over 270 known inspected terrorists, people on the terrorist watch list. So out of the 1.8 million, how many of them came from a country that sponsored terror? If you think it's zero, then you're an idiot. Well, there's another thing going on that the American people don't know. I've been told by certain intelligence people in Venezuela, in South America, Central America, they're emptying out some of the hospitals of the people that have AIDS. So uh, I think we have to uh, beware and tell all the gay people to beware that there's uh, a gay people with AIDS because they will promise that go to New York and uh, and get cured. So meanwhile, there's no guarantees they're not coming to New York to have sex and get cured. The bottom line is the uh, disease comes across that border every day. COVID is just the latest disease. I mean, when I was ice director, we had a guy we arrested had a, a strain of TB that was unrecognizable. The CDC, Department of Public Safety, I mean, the Texas Department of Health, no one knew how to treat this strain of TB that we we had in our facility. We kept them locked up for almost a year trying to come up with some sort of cocktail to treat this guy. Now, what if, what if he would have gotten our school system? Brought in, you know, just, So people need to understand disease comes across that border every day. Why do you think all of a sudden measles is making a comeback in this country? Why do you think, you know, there's three or four diseases that are making a comeback in this country? It, it, and you got to point your finger to uh, immigration because this country eradicated many of these diseases. Well, and Tom Homan, a former ICE director, that's why we're so worried about the school system, because next week kids are coming back to school. They're not vaccinated. That's a huge issue. Rita, we got to take a break. I want to thank you for coming on and keep fighting for, for our borders. Thank you so much. Let's take a thank break. You, and when we come back. We have Steve Forbes to tell us how the heck the economy is going. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, with us today is Steve Forbes, uh, one of the country's uh, uh, leading economists and one of the country's leading financial experts. Steve Forbes, where the heck are we going with the economy? <laughs> not forward the way we should. A lot of headwinds are out there uh, in terms of uh, the jobs report, uh, fairly decent. But you uh, have to note that incomes are still uh, not uh, matching what people are spending. Uh, what they call the gross domestic income in the second quarter, uh, which usually goes with the GDP, this adds up all the money that people earn in the, in the economy. Nobody pays attention to it. 
barely grew in the second quarter, 0.5%. So you have people getting more in debt. You have people now spending more on their uh, of their incomes on credit cards and on cars and the like, uh, not to mention if they uh, try to uh, sell a house and uh, get a new one. So uh, the, the headwinds are there. So, and, Steve, uh, uh, Ed, Cox waters. Ed Cox here. Look, this is talk about spending more. How about the government deficit of two more than $2 trillion a year now? And rising? Well, what, 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 what is worse is what that money is going for. As you know, they're going to spend over a trillion dollars. They've already started on cash and credits for so-called green projects, which are really just a crony projects that don't work like the old Solyndra. But those things that get going, those things get going, and they're almost impossible to, to stop. Look at that. What's going to be the biggest, uh, uh, worst car, the Edsel or the electric vehicle now? Well, at least the Edsel had an internal combustion engine, and you could uh, gas it up. Uh, the EVs have a natural market of, say, 10%, but uh, the government is trying to, by, through tyranny, force us to all to have it. Uh, there's no way you can go to all EVs as New Jersey and uh, California and other states are now mandating. It would destroy the auto industry. And I'll tell you, John, it would throw this country into a depression, not a recession, depression. When you wreck an industry like that, all the financing and infrastructure around it is just one of the craziest things that have ever been attempted. But California is doing that, plus the federal well, government doing California it. California is uh, California a mess. is mandating it, and I think uh, that's eventually going to be reversed as people realize to get the minerals to do this thing, you have to rip up the earth. You take lithium, uh, they, they, they need if they want to make the switch to a so-called renewables, they have to increase that by 40-fold. Well, Are we going to allow this country to be torn up in new mining ventures? I don't think the Greens are going to allow that. China's going to be very happy to have us indebted to them and buying all the lithium from them. Don't they have that in the the rare earths that we need? They've got a lot of those uh, rare earth minerals, and uh, they're also the biggest process of cobalt, which you need for these EVs. And by the way, the raw cobalt, a lot of it comes from uh, uh, the so-called Democratic Republic of Congo. Whenever a country calls itself democratic, you know, it's a dictatorship. And they use child labor. So uh, the whole thing just is uh, it's bad for the environment, bad for human rights. Well, uh, the Ford CEO of Ford uh, announced that they lost four and a half billion dollars last quarter on electric vehicles. Wow. Now, Barra from General Motors, I don't think she's made any announcements, and she's committing the company to go 100% electric in 24. You know what I'm doing? I'm shorting the stock. Smart. That's my opinion. But uh, there's there's no way they can do it. And that's why one of the reasons why you could well get, unless they give the company away, a strike with the United Auto Workers. They know this means uh, zero jobs for it's them. It's going to hurt General Motors, and United Auto Workers should do something about it and say, you guys, you're, you're in a woke culture. Why should our auto workers lose their jobs because you guys want to be in a woke culture? Yeah, and a, and a broke woke culture. You know, uh, they're, they're, they're saying, oh, they're going to spend $15 billion to help the transition to EVs. The Biden administration just uh, dumped that one. 
uh, uh, announced that one. And uh, that's like Hillary Clinton saying in West Virginia. Remember when eight years ago she was running in West Virginia? She said, oh, yeah, we in effect want to close your coal mines, but we'll 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 come up with uh, new jobs for you. Uh, we'll, we'll give you some money. Green jobs, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank Green you, Steve. Point. What else would you like to tell? we got a minute left. What, what would you like to tell all Americans? I'd like to tell all Americans is the less the government does, the better. And they got to watch the hope the Federal Reserve doesn't keep squeezing the economy. Uh, the economy is starting to slow down. That's one of the things you're starting to see in that labor report. So tell these people to take a vacation, all expense paid to North Korea. And, uh, Steve, this is Rita Cosby. Um, a quick question to ask you, Steve, real quick. Um, what did you think of the, uh, of the debate, the last debate? And do you think we're, how many do you think we're going to see in the next debate? You're a pre- former presidential candidate. A great one. I remember following you on the campaign trail. Well, thank you for the nice words. I think we'll see several more debates, uh, as these candidates emerge. And what I hope to see in the next debate is much more emphasis on Reagan-like economic growth. Big emphasis on tax cuts. More emphasis on deregulation. Was there anybody the, who so, stood out to you so, on that on so the last Steve, one? How about uh, there, there? There are signs of it, but I hope that uh, the others get the message. If you want to win, you got to be entrepreneurial, like Reagan was when he proposed that big tax cut in 1980 to revive the economy. So I'm waiting for a flat tax. Flat tax. That's it. <laughs> well, thank we you, remember Steve that. Forrest. And uh, stay tuned. You're, we're going to be right. listening to Rebecca Seawright. Is she on yet? Yep, she Rebecca just came Seawright on. Yep. Is, represents the east side of the city of New York, uh, of Manhattan. Yep, assemblywoman. And she was looking in the 5G antennas. The 5G antennas are supposed to be at least 1,550 feet away from human beings. And they're right on Madison Avenue killing the people on Fifth Avenue. You know, are they saying kill kill the capitalists? What do you say, Governor uh, Patterson? Uh, if it's on Fifth Avenue or Madison Avenue, it sounds very dangerous. As, as much Rebecca as Seawright, give us your opinion. What the heck is going on? Well, thank you, John, for yes. having me on today. You know, I've introduced legislation uh, that would call for a commission uh, to study the health and environmental impacts of exposure to the wireless radio frequency radiation, assess the short and long-term health and environmental impacts of exposure to the 5G technology, receive testimony from the scientific community, the medical community, a wireless technology industry, as well as other organizations and members. Community Board 8 on the Upper East Side passed a resolution Against these 5G towers, I was contacted by a constituent with a new baby. They had installed a tower right outside the nursery window, and my office successfully got that removed because it violated all kinds of rules and regulations. But the answer is we must put a moratorium on this now. The FCC has done it for historic districts, so no new towers in 2023. Rebecca, what is the name of the company that's putting these towers up, and who who are they paying, and who are they lobbying? It's New York City has a contract with a company, and I think, you know, we've talked about this before. We have to uh, look into following the money trail behind these contracts. I've talked to the mayor, Adams, about it, and uh, we need to dive in really deep but the urgency now is to stop these towers from being built. And unless you're uh, a historic district, you could have a tower 
More than one in your neighborhood, right outside your window. Well, Governor Patterson wants to say yeah. something. Yeah, Governor. And, and everybody, we're talking to Assemblywoman Rebecca Seawright. Bravo, bravo. This is Rita. We're fighting uh, for no 5G antennas on Fifth Avenue or anywhere within, uh, what, five city blocks or four city blocks yeah, away from crazy. human beings. Bravo. I love uh, you, Rebecca. You know, I'm so happy to have you here. Here is Governor Patterson. Uh, Assemblywoman, I was wondering if your research on this issue indicates how much of a test has there been on these types of products before they're put into the market. And then you have to live in an historic district to stop them from being in your neighborhood. That's a, that's a really kind of a, a, a there aren't that many historic districts. I'll put it that way. And so my, my question is to what extent have they been able to go to the public service commission or anywhere and get this validated? New Hampshire came out with a wonderful study, and I think that's what we're looking to replicate here in New York State. And uh, with your experience, Governor Patterson, you know that these commissions and studies can produce wonderful results. And the data shows that it's harmful to the environment and harmful to the health. Well, that's terrific. Then we need to get that message out. we got to get that message out, and you let them, them know that there's going to be a lot of investigations coming up on uh, uh, who's paying who and and uh, who's accepting the money for to to hurt the citizens of New York City. Yeah, give us the names, Rebecca, too, if you want to. We'll call them we'll out. We'll track down. We're going to buy a full page in the New York Post and put their names down. Hey, we love that. Rebecca, thank you. We love having thank you, you on. Thank you, Rebecca. And I heard you had yeah. a great party yesterday. And you didn't invite me and Rita. Oh, yeah, I didn't go either. But I, I did see Rebecca a couple weeks ago. But, yeah, you're right. Where were you without without us? How could it be a party, Rebecca? It's not a party without you, Rita and John and, and Governor Patterson. And it's always great to see you. And uh, thank you. We have to support Senator Lanza's bill, which would prohibit the placement of these 5G towers within 250 feet from a business or a resident in New York City with a population of 1 million or more. We've got to support my bill that calls for a commission similar to the state of New Hampshire. I can't thank you enough. We have to get the message out and the word out loud and clear. This is a danger to our health and to the environment. Bravo. Thank Thank you you so much. Awesome to have you here. Let's take a break. And uh, when we come back from the break, we got Miranda Devine on some big news on the Biden investigation front. Of course she does. She's got some huge stuff. It's coming up. Let's take that break. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now with the latest breaking news, and there's quite a bit about the Trump cases. Roger Stone, of course, longtime conservative political consultant and lobbyist. He also has a great show on Sunday, 3 to 5 p.m. on WABC. And Roger, this is amazing. They are coming out and saying, oh, yeah. We're going to live stream. We're going to televise the Georgia election trial with Trump. Like, they can't wait to, like, what, are they going to make it like OJ? This is crazy. I think, uh, Rita, that they're making an enormous mistake. They should remember that Donald Trump had a hit television show, which really made him a national figure and I think helped catapult his political career. Uh, And he's uh, very good on camera and he understands the medium. So when you consider that the charges against him are ridiculously thin, because every American has an absolute constitutional right to question the anomalies and irregularities in an election, 
and to collect documentation of alleged voter fraud. Uh, and that the fact that they tried to wrap this into a RICO conspiracy because he worked with others who were all exercising their constitutional rights. I don't think Fannie Will is going to come off well on camera. I think uh, maybe I agree with the Washington Post when they say democracy dies in darkness. I think this is a good thing. Well, it, it, it's coming out that 80 percent of Republicans uh, uh, think that uh, Joe Biden should not run and 70 percent of Democrats think that Joe Biden should not run. Uh, I mean, at, at what point uh, uh, does uh, he realize? It? I still believe that the filing deadlines for the Democratic primaries and caucuses come very late November and December. I think the Democratic Party leaders know that Joe cannot be reelected. He cannot stand the rigors of another campaign. I think they will wait till the very last minute to uh, announce that he's not going forward. And as I've said on this show and my own show, which airs from three to five on Sundays, the Roger Stone show at WABC, I still believe the Democratic Party will submit to a draft of Michelle Obama uh, as their candidate. She's not out doing these voter registration drives. She's not out with a new second biography because she needs the money. That's for sure. Oh, that's interesting. I have a question to ask you, Raj. And John and I have been talking about this quite a bit on the show this week, getting everybody's different opinions. If it, say, it does turn out to be Biden, I mean, again, we don't know. I wouldn't count anything out to your point. But if it turns out to be Biden versus Trump, do you think that Biden will debate? A lot of people say, no, that A, he can't debate, and B, they're going to find some basement strategy to keep him off the debate stage. Uh, I think he'd be very hard put to debate. Trump is a hard-charging debater. He loves confrontation. He revels in the battle. I mean, I must tell you, I've talked to him, and his mood is extraordinary. He is best under pressure. He's best in a crisis. He is really turbocharged for justice. He's very, very determined to win, which is really the only way he can save both himself and the country. They have to realize at this point that Joe Biden cannot stumble through a debate. I honestly don't think that he will run. The reason that they changed the Democratic primary schedule to make South Carolina a state with a majority African-American vote in the Democratic primary first, and they named Chicago as the convention city, is a layup for Michelle Obama. She's the most popular woman Democrat in the country. She's viewed as non-political, but she is an attorney. She did work for the city of Chicago. She says she hates politics. Well, people hate politicians. I still think that she'd be a very, very formidable candidate and i still think that's where they'll go as far as gavin newsom is concerned he's their vice presidential candidate uh, and they will make him pony up a lot of special interest money for the ticket to get that slot but in today's modern democratic party i'm not sure a white male can prevail in the democratic primaries uh, nobody should underestimate uh, the appeal uh, or the formidable nature of a Michelle Obama candidacy, if that's what they decide to do. And, uh, Raj, you've got your show coming up uh, Sunday, 3 to 5 p.m. I know you got Pat Boone, who we all love, uh, and you're also going to be talking with Vito Fasella about migrants. That is going to be a huge issue. People are fed up. Roger, we love you. Everyone's going to be tuning in Sunday, 3 to 5 p.m., 
And uh, boy, uh, next week is going to be interesting too, John. Thanks well, so much. I always John. listen. Have a happy Labor Day, and I'll be listening at uh, between three and five on Sunday. That's great. Great. Many thanks. Wow, Roger, thank you so much. Ed Cox? Hey, look, he's always, Roger's always worth listening to. He was actually, uh, 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 the first political advisor to, to the future President Trump. And he said to him, you should run directly for the presidency. And everyone else was saying, including I, himself. I like was, listening to Roger. You know why? Not like some of our hosts that put me to sleep. Yeah. That Roger, I, I, I stay up for. Yeah, I stay. Yep, he's absolutely. he's spunky he, and he's he opinion. Was, he's he got an opinion he, and he's honest. He was I feel right. like this when he talks to had them. to run directly for the presidency. Well, that's and the he thing. Called, he called me and told me that. And then I had to act on that as chairman of the party in talking with Donald Trump and saying, Roger's crazy. What businessman ever actually did you eat your words ed cox after uh, that well I, I was the guy who had to make sure he didn't run for the governorship <laughs> but roger was right he's worth listening to what did you make of also the fact they want to live stream the uh this is the trial in georgia that's what they're saying in georgia it's going to be wall to wall they're putting out the youtube channel come What's on that, ed 19 cox. people 19 people there i mean this is a show made for TV. It's not made for justice. Yeah, that's a, that is so inappropriate. It's like they are the first, the mugshot. Now they're talking about live streaming. What are your thoughts, Gov Patterson, about that? I mean, in terms of, don't you think that slants it? But Roger's point is it's going to work against, you know, the objective that's, of that's, Fannie Willis because he's, look, he's made for TV. That, that's actually, I don't have a problem with it being televised, but I think that it's actually, a bad idea from their point of view. Yeah, you think it's going to backfire. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yeah, it's going to backfire. Yeah, I mean, look, look, he had blockbuster ratings on The Apprentice. It's going to, that YouTube channel is going to have more views than it ever had <laughs> in remember, Fulton County, Georgia. I remember, well, yeah, I think Fanny Willis believes she'll then become a celebrity. That's what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's about... <laughs> But but she doesn't know how to handle it. Well, he who does. do we have on now? Well, we have now. We're talking about whales. Uh, and, John, something near and dear to our heart. I love whales. And, the whales. You know, six whales have died in the last 30 days. Wow. Uh, in the New Jersey coast. And original, originally, Governor Murphy says he's not going to have those damn windmills that are killing our whales. Ed Cox? Ed uh, Cox? You, yeah, he keeps it, going back and forth. Yeah, uh, Absolutely. It depends. Well, he's got his finger in the air. You know, he doesn't know which way he's going to go. And I'm afraid that that disqualifies him to be a presidential candidate. Otherwise, he would be from New Jersey to replace Biden at some time. As Roger was saying, at some point, Biden's going to be replaced. Well, and I think the governor should... Uh Take his finger out of the air because one of those windmills might chop it off. <laughs> oh, well, joining us now to talk about all of this is Kari Martin. Uh, she is with the Clean Ocean Action Office. And, and Kari, what is going on with the whales? John was just talking about all those whales, six of them in the last 30 days uh, off the coast of New Jersey. Boy, this is so heartbreaking. It is, and thank you so much. Good afternoon. Uh, Clean Ocean Action has been monitoring uh, the death of whales and other marine mammals like dolphins um, for some time now, and especially with all the activity going on offshore that's new to this area is the offshore wind surveying. And you're right, there were six whales that washed up on the shores of New York and New Jersey in the past month. Um, and that's in addition to those that have been washing up uh, repeatedly over uh, since about December. And we have a total of 27 whales uh, that have washed up in New York and New Jersey in that time. Uh, so it's very concerning. It's unprecedented. We're looking and calling for an investigation 
that would uh, consider all the possible causes. Uh, the federal government um, and state governments have been quick to say that it's not related to the offshore wind activity that's going on off the coast. Do you believe that? Evidence. Do you believe they that? They don't have the evidence. And, you know, they have to, you know, consider all things. You know, you walk into a room and something's gone wrong. You look at all the possibilities there. And we feel that they're not doing the due diligence of investigating this unprecedented amount of whales. I mean, whales and dolphins, they're all federally protected. Um, and we're, and how many birds, uh, how many birds do you think are projected to die in those windmills? You know, I don't have the numbers on that, but you know, the overall concern about these offshore turbines and these industrial facilities is that it affects the entire ecosystem from the benthic area, the bottom, all the way to above and into the sky. And not enough information is, is available to understand the cumulative impacts of hundreds of wind turbines from uh, Massachusetts down to uh, South Carolina um, with a, a great amount off the coast of New York and New Jersey that are already underway and in various stages of proposal. They can kill millions of birds. Governor Patterson, what say you? Ms. Martin, I know that you would rather have more information before you would answer this type of question, but since you do mm-hmm. work in the area and you care very much, um, mm-hmm. do you have a sense yourself of what's causing this tragedy? You know, we've been looking into, you know, the uh, agencies have said that it's climate change or it's fish coming at the shore closer or it's shipping. Um, And we've looked at some of the evidence, um, you know, by way of the agency's information themselves or the Port Authority. And and we're looking at the shipping actually decreased in the time starting in December um, compared to what it had been. Uh, from when we were seeing these uh, whales washing up. I'm glad you December. said that because I read somewhere that they were saying that it increased. So it actually decreased. So it increased prior to where when we started seeing these whales, but it was in the summertime of last year. And then and by the time December came around, the numbers of, um, you know, cargo is, was actually down. And uh, also, you know, we. When does it, is it synonymous when they started blowing the holes in, in the in, in into the sea? Uh, uh, to to put those uh, windmills in, you know, and also Chris Smith, by the way, the mm-hmm. congressman from New Jersey, mm-hmm. who you probably know, Kari, came on our yes. show, John. He was oh, saying, great. obviously, not only is it a problem with the whales, uh, the birds, mm-hmm. but also planes, sonar. I mean, that in yes. effect, I mean, this is serious stuff, uh, you know, in every direction. So your radar can be impacted by in- the offshore wind turbines. Um, so that is a navigational and safety concern uh, for all the ships that are coming into these busy port. We've got, you know, oil tankers and chemical tankers and lots of different things coming in and out of this busy area. Um, And you're adding obstacles with these, you know, with hundreds of wind turbines, um, as well as, you know, the radar that interferes with with the navigation. So, you know, this could be cause for a disaster and not enough information. Don't kill my whales. I'm going to make a big deal Mm -hmm. out of it. Yeah, Corey, thank you. Ms. Martin, thank you so much. And we'll have you again on. Stay on top of it. Yeah, Thank keep you. us we posted, will. please. Well, we will. Thank let's you so take, much. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we've got Miranda Devine. Miranda Devine, and she's got some interesting news. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on seventy-seven WABC. 
And we are back here on Cats and Cosby. Uh, there are reports that the White House is ramping up the war room, uh, ready for battle because they're expecting a GOP impeachment inquiry. And that could be announced, who knows, as early as next week. Many people are expecting it next month because, of course, Congress is coming back. Uh, very soon. And joining us now is the great New York Post columnist, our friend Miranda Devine. Miranda, uh, great to talk with you. And, and where do you think this is headed in time wise? And uh, does the White House really need to beef up the war room? Uh, hi, Rita. Hi, John. Hi, everybody. Um, look, I, I think it's inevitable that the Republicans are going to hold an impeachment inquiry uh, come September. Um, that's what pretty much James Comer has said and, and what uh, Speaker McCarthy said. And I think they need to for a number of reasons, mainly um, to give themselves more powers than they have currently. Um, they would like to be able to give these witnesses who are frightened of coming forward and are being intimidated by the very expensive lawyers that the Bidens have managed to amass. Um, they want to give these witnesses immunity so that they can speak without being concerned about, um, you know, lawfare being applied to them. And uh, then um, also just more power to get documents. They're being stonewalled and blocked at every stage. And uh, I think it would probably be good for them if they were able to have a dedicated committee that would just do nothing else but the impeachment. And, um, and uh, you know, I think that it will force other sections of the media that are completely ignoring or downplaying or acting like they're the defence counsel for the Bidens, it would force them to actually deal with the evidence and the material um, on an honest, good-faith basis. You know, what do you make also, uh, Miranda Devine, of all these alias emails? I mean, you've got all this stuff with the, it's 5,400 apparently, potentially, with these like fake names. Uh, it might be, they're saying as many as a thousand, uh, where even some were Hunter Biden is CC'd on. I mean, it looks just so fishy. And then you got the burner phones. You got all the other, you know, the whistleblowers. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of stuff there, Miranda. Well, yeah. I mean, talk about smoke. Um, there's a, been a lot of it. And uh, for some reason, there's this um, ridiculous um, hoop that everybody is supposed to jump through now, um, according to, you know, the Washington Post and the New York Times and so on, that there has to be, you know, a smoking gun, like a, a check with Joe Biden's name on it, signed by a corrupt Ukrainian oligarch or something. You know, it, it never works like that. You have to amass the case. And it's, you know, pieces of evidence on top of pieces of evidence, putting together what I call a jigsaw. And the jigsaw puzzle shows you um, a pretty clear picture now of the business that the Bidens were running. And the brand, as Devin Archer told us, uh, was Joe Biden. And that's what they were selling. They were selling access to Joe Biden. And that was worth millions of dollars when he was vice president to his family um, from, you know, but it cost, it China, cost, it Ukraine. cost, it cost the American taxpayers tens of billions. Well, exactly. I mean, the disasters that Joe Biden wrought by not really doing what um, was in America's interest, but doing what was in his own self-interest, particularly when it came to Ukraine, it's becoming crystal clear that um, what 
Donald Trump was impeached for was actually Joe Biden's sins. Yeah, and, and, and that's a great uh, point because he he just got impeached for a phone call. I mean, that's the thing. You sit there and Ed Cox and was by the here way, with us. That phone wow. call was about the about thing, this th- about this exactly. And there's an allegation actually of bribery here uh, it, by a trusted informant uh, with respect to Biden five million dollars for. Him to defend basically Burisma where his son was on the board. And we also have investigative work where it shows that it was against the U.S. policy at the time. So, you know, in other words, he he always said the cover was he was following U.S. policy. But here's now the, here's, there's evidence here's the that he unilaterally, so it seems, changed the policy. Bribery is a specific provision in the Constitution. It's an impeachable and offense. It's an impeachable. And if, in fact, and that's the way you might get well, a bribery is better action. than treason because treason you can get shot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a refreshing moment. <laughs> so, so you could actually end up with a conviction in the Senate uh, because you are proving something very specific. Yeah. Miranda, your thoughts. Yeah, I'm not sure that there'll be a conviction in the Senate. I think that now, you know, the parties have divided so bitterly along um, partisan lines that um, the Senate is controlled uh, by the Democrats. And I, I, you know, I mean, you'd have to really, you'd have to have that check. Um, And you'd have to have a confession from Joe Biden. Um, They're they're all uh, sort of in denial. And I I think that there must be wise heads, though, among the Democratic Party who are looking at all the... I mean, you look at independents now. There was a poll the other day um, showed that more than 50% of independents think that Joe Biden is corrupt. And that's really quite a turnaround for somebody who won the 2020 election saying that he was honest Joe and that he was going to be the unifying president who was going to be, you know, clean up the the White House after the dreadful Trump years. Um, I think that that was a mythology and that's becoming more evident to the public. And uh, Miranda Devine of the New York Post, did you see also uh, President Biden was asked, uh, a couple hours ago, essentially, what do you make? It was late, late last night. What do you make of uh, the request by Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, that he wants your bank records? They're saying, OK, let's look at your bank records. Let's look at your son's bank records. Let's look at the grandkids who, who suddenly got lots of money from some rogue individuals. And the president just kind of laughed it off. Can he continue just laughing this off, Miranda? Well, it's such a bizarre reaction. And um, clearly he's trying to look as if he's not worried and that these are just silly allegations. That's not going to fly anymore. Um, they have to come up with a formulation. And the other day, the White House changed their tune from Joe Biden continually saying, I knew nothing about my son's overseas business dealings. They've now changed that to uh, Joe Biden was not in business with his son. And, you know, just overnight, that's this momentous change. And they've just slipped it through with hardly anyone noticing, thinking so, that they're going to get away with so, it. So, Miranda, do you, do you think that the legacy press may, in fact, is that we need to have a better candidate and turn on him at this point because it's getting to be so obvious, his problems? Yeah, I think so. And it's not just these corruption allegations. It's also broader, much broader. Yes. So, so cognitively, you know, decaying. Um, and so I, I, I guess the, the, the Democratic Party has their convention a month after the Republicans next year. So maybe they'll make that decision then, depending on who the Republicans choose. And if they choose 
Donald Trump, they may think that Joe Biden still is the best candidate to put up against him and they'll swap him out after the election. Well, thank you, Miranda wow. Devine. Miranda, and uh, have a great weekend, Labor Day weekend. And uh, thank you. And we'll catch up with you again real soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you, thank you Miranda. Wow, what, a, what an interesting show. What an interesting week, John. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, thank God it's Friday. Thank you all. Thank you, Governor Patterson. Uh, Ed Cox, thank you so much. And Rita, have a great weekend. You too, my and friend. And what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, and the American way. way. God bless America. And Suffolk County.